Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wired Nerdy Podcast. This is episode number 37. My name is Keith. I'm here with my good friend, Doug. Doug, how does 37 find you, my friend? That number keeps going up. It is. It's going up. Uh, I heard that our subscribers are going up. I just want to tell everybody, thanks. Uh, like, subscribe, whether you like the audio format, video format, a little bit of both. We got it. Uh, we appreciate it. That's right. We aim to please, whether you're a video person, audio person, on all your favorite major platforms. And, Doug, don't forget about the merch. The merch. Yes, I mean, absolutely. I, I always you know, have, it's getting cold out here. Like we need uh, coffee cups. Yeah. Get you a little warm drink, coffee cup, hot chocolate. Also got those uh, hoodies. hoodies. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect nice. for fall. Christmas is coming, Doug. How about yes. it be a wired nerdy Christmas? That's what I'm thinking. It should be. Absolutely. <laughs> enough enough self-indulgent plugging. So let's queue up the nerd news. Nerd news. All right, Doug, I'm going to have you take this first one as I get now. I know you're excited about this. I'm going to get the, the screen excited. share up. Uh, but go ahead and set the stage for, for this because this is pretty exciting. No, as soon as I saw this, uh, I don't know if you sent it to me, but, uh, you know, we talked about it as soon as we saw it. They uh, released an uh, Amazon Prime uh, video, released a picture, and it's a little pit boy, uh, 4-12-24. So we believe that the new Fallout series set for uh, Prime Video is going to come out next year. Yep. Super excited. April. Uh, they've released a couple of details about it. Not much, but I just hope they do it really well. Exactly. I think they will. Um, this is exciting because it's really a great story. Um, yep. You know, and it's funny because uh, there's just run of taking video games and adapting them to, you know, live TV and that sort of thing. And uh, The Last of Us comes to mind. Huge hit. Yes. I mean, maybe Very this will good. be as well. I'm excited to see the power armor. In, in real time. I think that'll be cool. And how they do it in kind of a real life uh, situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is exciting. This is really cool. If you guys have not played Fallout, it's a video game. Uh, it's classic. Uh, it's very, yeah. very good. Really, it's a great story. And what's neat about it, it's almost like an alternate history in that it's as if uh, in the 1950s, we already we took the nuclear technology and infused it into everything, cars, and we had robots and all that. But then, of course, there's a World War Three, and that's what this game is about. And none of that, by the way, ruins what the game is actually truly about. That's just no. the setting and the stage. So, but this is exciting. This is cool that they finally have a release date for it. So I think it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. You know, uh, Last of Us did really good. Twisted Metal is a little different, but I think it's good. So some of these newer, yeah, it, need to check it out. It starts different. I don't want to give anything away, but. I think the next season they're really going to get into what Twisted Metal is all about. And there's a Five but Nights the, at Freddy's, isn't that a yeah, video game? Yeah, it's coming out well? too. Yeah, uh, yeah, or is it a movie? I think it's coming. I think it's out a, movie. a movie. It's already out. Yeah, my yeah. brother had pinged me about it, and he said that it was a movie. Yep. I'm not good review, game. bad review. I don't know. I haven't seen. I, I, I you know, oh, I don't okay. much. I know it's very popular with a lot of people. I've not gotten into it myself. Um, yeah. but uh, you know, hey, they're. They're just yeah. kind of like what they're doing with comic books. I guess they're swinging for the fences with, you know, let's pick up mm -hmm. game IPs. And there's some great stories with games. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see see how all this plays out. But Definitely. It's exciting. Yep. Very exciting. All right. Uh, the next you know one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go ahead and say it. I, I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's not going to be a Wired Nerdy podcast 
without a little bit of AI mixed in. So it's 2023, man. It's the year of the AI. We decided to start the podcast and it seems like this should just be an AI podcast. (laughs) We need an AI section included with the news. We do. So for what we're discussing here, uh, this is Google maps is becoming more, uh, search like things to AI. Uh, Google maps is getting an AI makeover, adding new features like immersive view and making existing features like driving directions, easy to follow. Uh, it's also becoming more search like, uh, the idea behind it is that, um, if you were to type in things to do in X city, uh, it's going to understand that language and then make suggestions, you know, from that, um, Contacts. That's what they mean by being more search-like. They're also going to do these immersive views, which is pretty cool. We already have like Google Earth and Google Maps, but it can really give you like real-time street view directions, uh, and it's it's pretty neat. So I don't know. I think it's cool that they're integrating AI into something like this. Um, The other aspect of this is that it's going to be able to calculate uh, construction work and that sort of thing. Now today there are services like ways that rely on drivers to say, Hey, there's an object in the road. You may want to avoid it. There's a, no offense, Doug, there's a police officer up ahead. Slow down. No, that's fine. I've, I've reported that as well. No, joke. okay. So you've done it too. And I think they also have that inside of Google maps now to copy ways, but it's all, they do. It's user content driven though. Right. We're yeah. this well, is going to be more. Thing I've found, and unless I'm doing it wrong, you have to have a destination set to report those items. You do. You have to be on path to somewhere. Yeah. Yes. As far as I know. Yeah. But hey, kudos to Google trying to take AI and do something cool with it. So, all right, you get the next one. This is a fun one. And I, I don't agree with them, but uh, I'm going to say that. Oh, you don't? Oh, this ought to be interesting. Go ahead. Windows phone and mobile phone giving up on it. Uh, it was a mistake. So, so first of all, what's the headline? Let's start there for audio. Listeners. So the Microsoft CEO admits that giving up on the Windows phone and mobile phone was a mistake. If they go back to the tiles, this, this is where I'm going with this. Okay. I'm I don't following. like Windows 8 and I don't like the tiles. <laughs> Many people agree with you. Yeah. Many people agree with you. And yeah. to kind of explain it to those out there, and tell me if I'm wrong, but instead of kind of the traditional smartphone with apps and stuff, you had these tiles and they were just kind of like a phone full of widgets. And well, to explain a widget, it's like a little calendar or a temperature gauge or something. But yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of it. I mean, I actually had one for a little bit. I thought it was terrible. I got rid of it right away. So, yeah. So I agree with you on the user interface for sure. The phones themselves, this is kind of like, did you ever mess with uh, one of the Microsoft Zunes? They were featured in Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a, it was their MP3 player. Did you ever mess with one of those? I I did, but uh, shout out to one of my buddies, Steven. I believe he still has a working Zune. And they were good devices. He loves that thing. Oh. He says yep. he, if they still supported it, he would never go to anything else. So shout out to Steven on the Zune. They were great devices. So Microsoft was doing some cool stuff. Now, what I will say is NVIDIA, oh, sorry, I missed wrong in, not NVIDIA, Nokia was the company that was developing the Windows phone. And the hardware was good. The screens were awesome. They were good phones physically. Like the the form factor was good. Mm -hmm. I would definitely say that the, the blunder was the tiling system. They were trying to do this pseudo thing with Windows 8. Windows 8 did not do well in the PC space. But what's even more interesting about this is that Microsoft has more missteps than this. In the article, it points out, and these are things that I actually had 
forgotten about in that um, they missed the opportunity, Microsoft did, to purchase yeah. Android and then, of course, Google picked it up. I mean, that's a, that's I mean, a big that, blunder. <laughs> you know, looking at it now, it's like, oh, man, who said no to that? Yeah, they said here that uh, Bill Gates said that his greatest mistake ever was Microsoft losing uh, to Android. Google acquired Android in 2005 for $50 million. So, Which is probably a steal by today's pff, numbers. That's, yeah. oh my gosh. It's, yes, they've made money yeah. hand over fist in that. Um, you know, so then there's the funny things about former CEO Steve Ballmer, you know, famously laughing at the iPhone, calling it the most expensive phone in the world, and it doesn't even appeal to the business customers because it doesn't have a keyboard. So, Man, was he wrong? I know. I know. That's the thing. It, it happens. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, here's what I think I think Microsoft sees the opportunity of the mobile phone market. I think they see how well that the players are doing in the space, specifically uh, Google with Android, obviously Apple. And I think that they were, wish that they were a player in it. It's just, I think the way that they approached it was a bit off um, yeah. in their, the way they structured the OS and that sort of thing. So, but it's not the first time a CEO has said that, you know, they made yeah. a mistake. <laughs> so. I would like to see another contender because, you know, it's really Options, right? flip phone for those kind of people flip yep. phone or android or apple or ios i guess yep. so android for ios and then kind of other flip phone mm -hmm. which are being phased out yeah for so they have something you yeah absolutely i don't know that they should go back to the tiles but they if they can develop a new system a new operating os area i, I think that might be good for everybody else competition wise yeah. And innovation-wise. Yeah, so. potentially. It never hurts to have competition, so yeah. it'll be interesting. And who knows? Maybe this is a little nod at a hint that maybe they'll be doing something. Now, I will say they do have, today they have uh, what are called uh, Surface Duos, which are a folding mm -hmm. phone. They're not, it's not a flexible screen yet, uh, but it's running Android. So there are Windows, or should I say, it's not a Windows phone, but it's a Microsoft-sponsored phone, uh, but it's Android-based. So. Yeah. All right, this is bad news. Uh, looks like we always talk about this. Just like us talking about AI, we're talking about streaming services. Almost every freaking streaming service is increasing their price. Yeah, started with Netflix. Now it's and then Netflix is doing the stinking locking out uh, password sharing, and they're increasing yeah. the price as well. Looks like Apple TV Plus is getting a price hike, and this is one of the more affordable ones. I mean, it was six ninety nine a month. It's going to go up to nine ninety nine oh, a month. Yeah. And and there's great stuff on here, great um, content. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's awesome. But uh, it just it's going up, it's going yeah. up. So, um, and this is one of those things that just I think is inevitable. And I saw a meme recently where people were talking about how now with the prices getting where they are, if you were to combine the pricing of the new uh, structured payment plans, you're paying just as much as you were for satellite or cable. So we're yeah. not really gaining anything. Unless you drop something, but then you're going to be missing out on a show or something like that. Well, and I think they're starting to realize that, you know, I joined the DirecTV crowd with everybody else. You know, they give you one to two years at this price, and then after that, it just shoots up. Yeah. And I think it's the same things happening over again. Uh, and But they're not telling you, and they're not giving you a deal. It's just, oh, we got this many people. Let's raise it up. Yep. And they have uh, what they call new pricing structures on what's called Apple One. 
Now they have an individual tier, $20 a month. Uh, they have a family plan, which is probably addressing them, the, the, how they're going to tackle the streaming, you know, multi-streaming thing, $26 and then a premiere, which is, uh, looks like 38 bucks. I'm rounding up. Um, so I don't know, man, it's getting expensive. I may have to reevaluate. Yeah. Now, <laughs> to explain the uh, one to everybody, Apple One, it gives you access to the TV Plus, uh, Apple Music, yep. and Apple Arcade. Arcade, Arcade, yep. I believe, is similar to what Google has, where you can download any uh, game you want. You don't pay play. You're not paying for it, sorry, yep. but you can play it. So it's unlimited plays. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Without Thank an you for iPhone. That call yeah without an iphone i don't think this applies to me you know i won't use the music i won't use the arcade yeah so i would be at the i believe 12.99 price point and that's what i i use a different streaming service i you know gaming pfft. i mean and if you have an apple tv you could do the apple arcades kind of cool if you had an, an ipad or if you have an iphone which i have all those but i just I, I don't do gaming on a mobile as no. much. So, uh, but if yeah. you're into that kind of thing, I get it. So it's good. Thank you for the clarification on the one there. I forgot yeah, to no mention problem. that it yeah. adds those other services is not just exclusively uh, content viewing. So, yeah. all right. Do you want to, you want me to take this one? Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about this. I'll kind of give the Please, title ahead. of uh, the Beatles final song is coming together through the power of AI, you know, another AI story. Uh, I believe they are doing the same thing that Michael Jackson did. They did it with Tupac, I believe, to kind of use his voice to finish some unfinished songs. Yes, they are. And this is interesting because there was a um, oh a documentary, if I remember correctly, uh, by uh, Peter Jackson, who did Lord of the Rings. And in it, there was chronologue that they had one song that they recorded, I believe it was in 19... 1979 i'm guessing here it was definitely in the 70s and it was the last song that they recorded before john lennon died but it didn't get mm -hmm. finished they weren't able to finish it in its entirety like i think the recording uh of his voice and all those kinds of things so what they're doing is they're basically taking ai and they're restructuring it of course ringo's gone i think paul's the only one alive now george is gone uh but they're able to you know put this whole thing together uh, and reconstruct voices and finalize this song in 2023. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah the song uh, is called Now and Then. Uh, mm -hmm. It's finally being released along with a little uh, video, 12-minute long documentary about the song's production. Yep, that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So I know there's a lot of controversy about AI and reconstructing voices. They did Anthony Bourdain's voice for his documentary Roadrunner. Uh, basically, they they use the AI to uh, read some of his journal entries, and it sounded just like him. But a lot of people were really upset about that. There's this whole thing about it. But in a situation like this, where you know you have the surviving member of the Beatle, you know, obviously, I'm sure family like Julian Lennon, those they probably had to weigh in on yes or no. Uh, if it accomplishes something that can be enjoyed again. I don't know. I think this is a brighter side of AI, in my opinion, as long as everybody is, you know, up to up to par with agreeing, agreeing to do it. Yeah. And to kind of finish this out, uh, I have to give kudos, shout out to uh, vinyls coming back. There. So uh, in addition to streaming and downloading the song now and then, it's going to be released as a double A side vinyl with Love Me Do, the Beatles first song. So that's awesome. Their uh, first and their last. Who, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I like that. It's going to be a really good, I think it's going to be a hot item. So those with uh, still collecting vinyl, 
it's gonna be great yeah the vinyl it's it's surpassed cds man it's it's made a comeback right so you know i'm young here but uh you bring back cassette tape (laughs) oh god doug's in he's all in (laughs) all right all right this one is uh I just think interesting because of the data and you're not going to, it's kind of, it's funny. I read this to my wife, but uh, go ahead. It's, it's hilarious because you, you know, you can't really, I'm going to try to zoom in on it here. You can't read it well. So let me get this. So oftentimes we'll get a data metric that just says something about the world. And this blew me away. Deodorant sales have surged as workers return to the office. This is a data trend where they show from 2022 second quarter to 2023 second quarter that deodorant sales have skyrocketed back to almost normalized levels, uh, and they're blaming it on work from home. Doug, Doug, I don't know about you. I work from home uh, every so often, actually quite a bit. I wear deodorant every day. So I what's do up? Too. I mean, what not to this? talk about my uh, personal issues, but uh, <laughs> hygiene, not wearing deodorant, even at home. I don't. Uh, and I'll say this out here. You can censor this. I don't like getting high on my own supply. I like to smell fresh and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just thought this was a weird the right one. saying, but yeah, I had to throw this in there because I did. I did it's just so weird. And it's so funny what data tells us, you know, and this tells oh, us that yeah. people apparently have terrible personal hygiene uh, whenever they work from home. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, everybody's got that one guy in the office that this might apply to. Now we're not going to call you out, it. but we're calling you out. What's funny is I was the guy that even when I was in office, I always carried uh, either a spray or a stick of deodorant in my messenger bag to freshen up before yeah. meetings because, you know, it's just, I don't know, man. I don't want to stink. I don't want to be that guy. So, no, not at all. Anyway, we thought that was a weird one, so we decided to uh, absolutely to include it. So that does it for our Wired Nerdy News. Now, today for our main topic, we have a special guest, our good friend Alex, and we are going to be talking about a very special game uh, called Star Citizen, and uh, we are very happy to have him. So let's go ahead and usher that on it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode and we have a special one for you it's been a while since we had a guest uh this is somebody who i've wanted to have on for a long time uh one of my dearest friends that i've known for a very very long time to talk about a very special video game uh so before we get into who he is uh let's just talk about what that game is that game is star citizen you may have heard of us uh, mention it before Uh, if you're into gaming at all it kind of has a mythical uh background to it because it's not like any other game uh that you've ever experienced so starfield uh, essentially started around circa 2012 its creators chris roberts uh he got famous for developing a game called wing commander in the 1990s and then from there there was a whole series of hits we've talked about it before uh, in the late 90s he went into full motion video with mark hamill you know who was uh luke skywalker starred in them and so he really did some really innovative things with a company called Origin Systems uh, that technically no longer exists because Electronic Arts bought them out. Uh, however, he always wanted to get back to basically recreating Wing Commander, which is a space combat simulator. Uh, and so he decided to go about a unique way. Instead of going with the traditional publisher, he decided to do crowdfunding, uh, where people invest their personal funds into the game to get the capital that they need in order for it to be developed. Uh, that started all the way in 2012 is when they first launched their crowdsourcing campaign. It has ballooned since then, and it's just 
known, it's broken records as one of the biggest crowdsourced video games of all times. However, there's a lot of controversy tied to it because it's only still in alpha phase. And here we are in 2023. So now for our guest, uh, Alex, who I've uh, known for a very, very long time, and he is definitely one of us here at Wild Nerdy. Uh, and we were having lunch, if I remember correctly. And we got to talking about this game. I didn't realize how entrenched. Now, I was an investor into it. Uh, and, I, you know, you, though, went off on a rant when we had lunch. Like, I got to have you on the podcast. And I told Doug about it. I was like, we got to have Alex on the podcast yeah. because he's in he's in deep. And we got to talk about this game and, and kind of get into it. So welcome, Alex. Thank you for joining us. You know, and Doug, I'm going to let you. I did my little rant. I'm going to let you start with the very first volley to throw at Alex there. So thanks for having me, by the way. <laughs> no, definitely. It. Excited to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, appreciate you coming on. You know, I think we need to start at the beginning of what made you first want to invest in uh, Star Citizen. Make sure I call well, it the right thing. Doug, it's it's interesting you ask. I was <laughs> I was at work. I was an intern. Uh, you know, started my career, and uh, one of my peers was uh, not really a peer actually. It's called a mentor. You he know, was a jerk. He was a real yeah. jerk. Yeah. He uh -oh. uh, he was telling me about this game. Uh, that this mythical figure, Chris Roberts, had just announced uh, as a Kickstarter. Um, I didn't know much about Chris Roberts. Now, I had played Privateer back when I was probably too young to really make much progress in it. But uh, I had played like Freelancer um, and was a big fan of that genre, the kind of space uh, combat, especially the, the scale um, yeah. that uh, games like Freelancer had. And so I checked it out and I, I, uh, I backed it and Keith was that, uh, individual. So this is all his fault. It is my fault. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I, that's how I originally heard about it. And, uh, I, I originally backed it in June of 2013 mm -hmm. and then yeah. I kind of just let it sit there. So there was no playable alpha really for a while. No. Um, it, it was just it took funding, right? It was just, yeah, it's just they funding. collecting money. They, yeah. they just kept destroying funding records. And, mm -hmm. and, um, at the beginning they kind of had, uh, milestones or like, you know, every million dollars they would increase the scope. And then they stopped that at about 70 or $80 million. I think they got rid of those, but that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of how I started. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how i got involved in all this so he's blaming me and what's funny is like kinda, <laughs> i kind of forgot that <laughs> that was a long time ago yeah, and i yeah. was i was really excited about it but if I, I you know we'll get into this here in a moment we talk about frequency of play but i'll go ahead and do my own admission okay so up to this point they now have a playable persistent universe that's multiplayer they also have running parallel to that which we only saw recently a single player experience it's called squadron 42 um, they just had a big launch video that actually you sent me, which triggered me, Alex, to be like, we need to have them on the <laughs> podcast. Uh, but I'll admit I'm in the game right now. You can buy ships and they're different sizes. Some are carrier size. Some are really small. Oh man. Uh, and so they, and every time they have a release, they reset the universe. So it's like, you're starting over again, but it's an alpha. Keep in mind, that's not a beta. All right. For those of you that yeah. don't know, that's very early on. Okay. Uh, so it is playable. It's got a cult following kind of on Twitch. I'm in for about $75 is, is I, I, I put 75 bucks in. I might be, at, I may have re-upped at least my ship three times. I might be at the hundred dollar, but I just stopped because I was like, okay, they're not releasing anything. That leads me to Alex. How many ships do you own? I own one ship and I'm in, <laughs> uh -oh. now, if you don't want to talk money, See, that's I fine. It's your call. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> You know, I don't, I, I don't mind sharing. So, uh, 
I mean, I have, I had to count. You asked me the question. You had to count. Um, I have 24 ships. <laughs> 24 ships. Oh, man. Oh, now, that, that can mean a lot of different things. Like it you can. said, there's the the ship uh, prices kind of start at yeah. $20 to $40, like the individual ships for like, and these are like snub, snub craft or like a very small ground vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the minimum pledge to actually get a copy of the game and access is Forty-five or sixty-five dollars right now. Not it kind of yeah, depends base, on when you buy the base. Yeah, level. the base yeah. to get like a base starter ship and have access to to play the game. Um, up to I think the most expensive, uh, budgetable ship in the game right now is the it's a destroyer called the Javelin and it's it, it's a three thousand uh, dollars to back that. Yeah, and it sells out every time. It's it, it's limited limited sales <laughs> every time it comes up and it sells out every single time. People are dropping three thousand dollars on fake ships. Yep. And yeah. I was just and one, to confirm one that. fake ship. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Go ahead, Doug. Go ahead. No, you confirmed my question. I'm thinking three thousand real life no, dollars. Real, not in game currency. No. Dollars. Yeah. No. No. Uh, and you can't fly the ship. It's not out. Uh, yeah. Oh, so let so, me so let me explain okay. that. So so you have what yeah. twenty four right twenty four ships you yeah. counted. So grand total. There have been announced 221 ships and vehicles. Only 160 are readily available in game right now. So the one, the javelin you were talking about, it's is it one of the ones that they haven't actually? It is released? not. It, none, none of the capital ships. There's one capital ship in the game currently, and that's the Origin 890 Jump. It's like a luxury yacht. Do you own that? Um, it's about. I do not. Okay. No. <laughs> I had to ask. I own. Well, who wants ships. a luxury yacht? Right? <laughs> you do own some capital ships. I do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So uh, there's various tiers. Uh, once you hit the thousand dollar mark, you're considered in the concierge. You no longer need to carry a game package. <laughs> you like automatically a... have one attached to your account. It's um, like a private game. It's like a private VIP club. <laughs> it is. You have your own su- support staff. Like um, on the ship? No, like in like like RSI employees that answer tickets. You go through Ooh. a completely different support system after that than anyone well, else. Real people. They're like not like support. assigned to you, but no, they're no. assigned specifically to yeah. concierge members. Yeah. So if you have a problem, and... yeah, you message them. Yeah. Whoa, I did not know that. I had no clue. Wow. Yeah. See, I told you, Doug. He was big time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in between the five and ten thousand dollar. Well, I'll say that. That's okay. where I'm at as a as a uh, a backer. That's incredible. Impressive. That's very so impressive. how often are you uh, called impressive or there's <laughs> other words you could use? <laughs> yep. Go ahead, Doug. <laughs> no, no, you guys go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, how often are you playing uh, weekly, daily, monthly? So it dep- It kind of goes in cycles and it really depends on the patch. So it, um, at this point, the stability and playability of the game can vary pretty wildly on depending on what uh especially tech changes they made patch to patch um they put in uh on their way to server meshing which is kind of a whole conversation itself because that's really like this gold star technology that they're working towards that is supposed to really stitch this together and make it go from uh they have 100 persistent players slots in a server right now so you can play up to 100 people in each server and server meshing is supposed to be the thing that turns this into more of like that mmrpg experience where you're um have you know everyone's a part of a persistent world and you so that that's like the core technology that they've been talking about they talked about it at the citizen con they've been talking about it for years now um 
that's supposed to really bring the you know really increase the scale of this uh to the next level so and the idea behind that though is that with the persistent universe everything's connected in that with those hundred players within that shard if you're having raid runs there's an actual economy. I think of like Eve Online, for example. Is that yeah. kind of the idea behind it? Is that if you if you're just raiding a certain area, it'll impact the actual prices of goods in a market, and they can have that consistent across all the servers with the meshing that they're trying to do. As I understand, yeah. It theoretically. And there was a there was a the, I'll kind of kind of break that in two parts. And I did play Eve Online. Eve Online was one of the reasons I was also excited about this game. I played Eve Online for seven or years, and the thing that was always missed from Eve Online is that you don't you never actively yeah. con- you're you're you, commanding your ship you're yeah. sending commands to your ship you're not really flying it yeah um you know so that was like always the thing it's like man this would be great if you know it was this but it was a flight sim which is kind of what the promise of star citizen is um so the 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 idea is that while you might it, it's supposed to make the world feel more alive really the, the server meshing concept you might not have everyone on one server you won't see everyone um but the idea is is that each server layer will be uh persistent to you and filled with people you know that might not be the same people but if you drop an item in one area and you leave that area yeah. you come oh, back cool. and that it's item's there. back there right that's cool and that's kind of in the yeah. game now so that was the kind of first piece of it that was persistent in the streaming and they put that in um two or three patches ago now i think it it was two or three patches ago okay so there is some level of persistence now um as a result of that the game was actually very stable i would say before they put that in Mm -hmm. and it's taken a couple patches now i'd say this it's it's definitely gotten better this latest patch that came out right before citizen con about a week ago um has really kind of made the game more playable again but the it, it really took them a while to work through all the the back end issues that really just made the game hard to play you know if servers weren't stable um game performances were so kind of go back to that how often do i play it really depends on the build Mm -hmm. i'm playing this one more because it's more playable but as part of it being an alpha and then making still like really foundational technology changes in the background uh to their technology stack it sometimes it's just not you know you're you are testing the game still um you know it's do you play with a clan or do you do you go solo on your own like what's your usual play I have some friends that play usually that's I usually that's uh, also impacts how much I'm playing, depending on how much my, my friends are playing. But um, I usually either do that or fly solo. So I'll play with, you know, a couple people. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Take it so away, Dougie. When you're playing, uh, what's kind of the favorite thing or mission type that you are going for? It kind of depends. So like bounty hunting is the default, you know, just go out and blow up some AI ships. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it also depends on what what features have been added. So they've been kind of adding what they call tier zero of these various gameplay loops over you know the last couple of years. Uh, so things like mining, uh, salvaging, refueling. Um, so like the the gameplay has been evolving too, as long along with the kind of the core technology that's supposed to enable this um, huge simulation. So. Um, this latest one I've been salvaging because that's I haven't really played since salvaging came in the game. Um, so it really just depends. I usually try to try out whatever's new just to see how it works and, and check out yeah. the new stuff. But Do they have weekly events or monthly events, or is it just kind of a set uh, tier of missions? They do have events uh, that are kind of run limited time. So 
Uh, one example of one, it was actually one that kind of started out of a player driven event that they turned into an actual event. And that was the, uh, there was this hidden drug lab on one of the moons. There was no marker to it. You just had to find it or know where to find it. So you, uh, you had to know when you're looking at the planet, what features there were, because you, since you actually fly out of the planet, you can't just, and there was no way to quick travel to it or like, you know, quantum jump to it. You had to manually fly to it, so it was kind of hard to find. But there, it was this one little station that sold drugs that were incredibly valuable. Hmm, and so, um, you kind of had this emerging gameplay come out where at first people were going down there to make money, and then you had people that were going down there to stop people from using it, almost acting like a uh, quasi law enforcement, Police. if you will. Hmm. Yeah, very cool. Uh, um, and so they kind of turned that into an actual event where and now it's marked on the map, and they have this you know have a weekend or a week where they have that as an event it's like a big um, war basically of people trying yeah, to run basically gun, yeah. or run drugs while people trying to stop it yeah and then uh there's also um one involving an ai uh capital ship um like a uh i can't remember what that one's called but it's an event with pirate things going on all over the system, and it culminates in this uh, fight with an Idris, which is the, probably the second largest capital ship in the game right now. Not flyable by players, but they had the AI version probably from Squadron 42 done. Gotcha. Um, so you can fight that. And it's like important that. to note that not only do you can you fly your ship, you can get out of your ship and walk around, and there's a first-person shooter element to it as well. So you can yeah. board, board someone's ship. You can walk around a factory if you were to land on a planet at, you know, like what he's talking about. So there's a transient side to this uh, part of the game, too, that we kind of forgot to mention, which makes it interesting because you can fight in the air, boots on the ground as well. Uh, so, you know, yeah, yeah that's one I of I mean, the- even in its alpha state, there's not really anything like it on the market. Like uh, Elite yeah. Dangerous tried to and basically destroyed their game in the process they with did. the latest with the Odyssey release. Uh, I stopped playing yeah. Odyssey. I was yeah, a huge. A lot of people ever did. Yeah. I was huge into Elite Dangerous, and then they added the first-person shooter thing. I tried it. I liked that I could walk around space stations finally, but it broke the game. Eve Online tried the same thing. They tried to make a. I didn't know they did that. In station, or you know, make your avatar more than just a picture, and Mm. and it was under you know overpromised and underdelivered, and they basically just threw it away. Didn't um, cook at the end. So, but so there really hasn't been a game that's had that thing of you can just you can just get up out of your chair in the and ship and go anywhere so do anything given that it's so unique what is your what's your biggest criticism of the game so far i think the same thing that's enabled chris roberts and clan imperium games to like take on this whole thing is also one of the issues they don't have a publisher holding their you know there's no scope creep the scope creep and there's there's no sense i don't think there's a sense of urgency to meet deadlines or you know they they originally said i I did just went and looked and there was a lot of good reddit posts actually on the star citizen subreddit before citizen con this year that happened i think it was last week um about previous promises or things shown at citizen con and and where it's been where that feature or promise has ended up Mm -hmm. so as to date and uh they routinely miss promised deadlines by years. I mean, Squadron 42, the first vertical slice was originally shown in 2016 or 2017. And they said it was a, a year or two away. And obviously we're in 2023 and now it's feature complete. Um, they, you know, the evidence shows that they showed seems 
they much got more something. promising. Yeah, they yeah. got something. Yeah. But does that mean it's a year away? They yeah, purposely they said that you were not going to give a date. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really that I, I think, um, you know, it might turn into something amazing. Uh, either way, the whole thing is a, a really just fascinating experience or experiment in game development. Uh, but you can tell that it's going to be released either because people stop pledging and they're going to, mm-hmm. you know, be have done, to, or have, it's going to be exactly it. what he, what Chris Roberts wanted it to be, gotcha. which, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens first, but okay. it doesn't seem like funding slowing down. And, um, I'm excited to see, see it hopefully done mm-hmm. <laughs> in some form. Them. Yeah. 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 So as a outside guy looking in, you know, I, all I kind of see is criticism of this as a money grab or they're never going to take it out of alpha. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, we always hear about electronic arts and some of the bigger publishers, microtransactions and all this negative feedback. But this looks like totally developed by the fans and lots of input. So kind of a multi-part question, but what do you think the criticism and the infinite money grab is or your perspective, I guess? <laughs> So you don't have to. I think I think the headlines are grabbed a lot by the the total funding number, and then like the uh, the the whales, you know, that have spent uh, large sums of money on the game. But the fact of the matter is, you don't have to spend that much money. Um, you can, oh, okay. you know, it's good point. There's so many. There's plenty of games <clears throat> being unreleased, unfinished these days. Oh yeah, uh, I can't think of one that I played this year that I felt like was fully baked coming out mm-hmm. yeah. um so so i guess my thing is is that if you're interested in it they have free fly events check it out see it's really can you tolerate the fact that it's in an alpha some people it bothers more than others and and some people like the just the uh kind of scope of it and the fact of what you can do now is a lot pretty pr- yeah. a lot yeah. um yeah. it really depends on whether you can deal with the fact that you know, there's going to be patches where it's rough Man. or yeah. you're going to, you're going to crash and lose things, you know, do, so um, do is, you think is the gameplay interesting enough to play? Do you think it'll right actually now? ever get out of alpha within a determinate amount of time? Do you think the single player release of squadron 42, it, it will that come first in that? Yes. And do you think that will drive it into at least a beta form, at least where they can carve it out to say, look, if you want to be on early release, you can still have, you know, look at it very much like the Steam Deck. The Steam Deck's OS, they do this thing where you can voluntarily say, hey, you know what? I want in the experimental build. Yeah. And it's buggy. You get no guarantees from it. And then you have a stable build. Do you think there's ever an opportunity for them to get out of Alpha to do a, a tiered system like that? And do you think Squadron 42 will be a pathway for that now that they're showing So it? Squadron 42, from what the um, kind of leaks have been and some of the internal leaks from uh Robert Space Industries as far as what's been going on with the development of the game it, it sounded it sounds like that most of the resources at at the company have been working on Squadron 42 that the persistent universe has mm-hmm. kind of been second to that even okay. though it's the main funding source right now yeah um so what was to- uh, one of the lead developers said at the CitizenCon that happened last week that over the la- even like over the last 60 to 90 days since they've um are earning this new phase with squadron 42 that resources are starting to shift back over to star citizen persistent universe to help 
accelerate that. That makes sense. Now you never know yeah. what you know. If that's What's true or not? Yeah. True or not? But um, if you're or any if you're interested in that kind of the kind of behind the scenes stuff in leaks, there's an entire sub or uh, Discord oh. dedicated to that. That's uh, awesome. Uh, so go check that out. You can. <laughs> that's really your, cool. Get your rumor fix. Very cool. I'm kind of jumping around. You mentioned Squadron 42. I watched the trailer today. I haven't seen anything about it. And I mean, I was highly impressed. And plus the cameos. I mean, <laughs> Gary Oldman, Mark Hamill, Mark Strong. That's where all the money went. I, I mean, know. That's what I thought, too. You the list Skywalker goes on back. and on. And John Reese Davies. One of my favorites, Andy Serkis. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Oh, there's some great Henry ones. Cavill was one great. of the pilots that you don't see. He is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh. He probably okay, recorded okay. that way before Superman. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm jumping out of line. I just yeah. have to say that it looks great so far. And I would be interested in, in getting into Squadron 42. Yeah. It did look yeah. good. It so did it was well. really interesting because no one had seen anything from Squadron 42 in screenshots of four few... or five years. Oh, God. I mean, they, they'd literally gone radio silent yeah. on it. Nothing. Um, I, yeah. You'd get, as a backer, I would get monthly reports on it that same. said the same thing it, over and over mm-hmm. again we've, for... we refined the ai on the enemy combat and we've redone the texture meshing like it yeah. said that every every single, every month every month there was no, like zero detail no videos yeah. nothing and they had said back know. in like 2017 there was a developer that said that he had played through the whole thing already like it was oh. it was like it was feature complete um but i think they you know obviously probably redid so from what i've heard of you know why you're we're what 10 years in at this point mm-hmm. they've really remade they didn't start making the game as it is now probably till they redid it five years yeah. ago yeah they also changed um, the engine that's the other yes. thing they went yeah, to lumber that was a big part of it they went to lumber yard which if, for those of you that don't know that's affiliated with um amazon web services because the idea is for them to do the server meshing they needed to change the energy or the engine because it needed to scale for that persistent universe. And so there were some redos and they did mention in that video how they read. I believe the it was based on the Crytek engine, though. It, the Lumberyard is based on Crytek. Yes. So there was it yeah. was similar, but it was yeah. it was a different engine. And I think Amazon actually made that engine open source. They, I think they did recently because it's supposed to play well with their cloud. And they were, they were yeah. pushing developers to make it, their stuff in Lumberyard. And so you kind of have to reset and which i'll give them that you know but that's yeah, yeah. that's a really good you know that's a good call out there doug so I'll let you take yeah, the it was de- definitely exciting yeah. seeing it i mean it was yeah. the trailer was amazing was great. Yeah, obviously they've never been bad at marketing no uh, they're very good so at that. yeah so i'm gonna go back just a little bit and i know keith and i have talked before about back in the old days uh super nintendo my favorite you know all these n64 never released patches never released updates and I think that's just part of the world we're in now that that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, looking at Star Citizen, it, what is like the most interesting glitch you've ever encountered? You know, um, I'm, I can't think of an example now, but games have had famous glitches and it turns into memes and it turns into well, there's videos. Some, there's some doozies. But, Before you answer, I'll yeah. just tell you recently, I, I only jump into it about once a quarter, if that, maybe once a year to see what they've done. The last time I played, I swear, is back in June. Uh, I got out of my ship uh, on the landing pad, and it just it sunk through, and it just fell into space. And then I couldn't get yeah. it reclaimed back until the server cycled over because it didn't think my ship had died, so I couldn't like reclaim it. It was a whole thing, and so I've seen my ship 
sink into things or nice. just flip over on its top side yeah. while, I, while I'm in it. And then I can't open the door to get out. <laughs> I've, oh. So that's been mine. But I haven't played nearly <laughs> as much as you. So I bet you've seen some things. Um, oh, man. Uh, I died like, randomly walking. Yeah. You just you just you're just walking in your ship. You go over a, a lip of a of a, a door frame and just take a whole bunch of damage. Fall over dead. Uh, <laughs> my ship is blown away. They added wind on one patch, and like I don't know if they didn't have the mass right in the ships, but you get your ship on okay. a planet, and you would see just lifted up and thrown oh, into the mountains, like a kite. Yeah, like a kite. And you're just like, <laughs> I guess all. I'm just stuck here now. Um, I guess you could oh, have man. anybody pick you up unless you called somebody in your yeah. And you can set beacons to have players do that. Um, you know, there's a whole <laughs> so you were thing stranded to do that on too. a planet. I mean, I just there's a there's a back uh, button backspace. If you hold it, it just it just yeah. kills your character. Okay. So uh, oh no, you just start over. There's you're not losing anything. It's uh, yeah, that's good. Beta at this point or alpha. Yeah, alpha. So yeah. It's, you know, it gets wiped. You can reset your account anyways. But. Okay. So ship blowing yeah. away by winds. That's probably my favorite one. Is the ship blowing away. It was yeah, more entertaining crazy. than like the aggravating ones where it's like you're just walking and you break your legs or, yeah. uh, you there's, know, there's some good videos out there. If you ever want a good laugh, Doug, yeah. go to YouTube, yeah. just type in star citizen yeah. glitches and some people capture them. So I watched a bunch Lots of T-posing. Yeah. Yes. The, <laughs> the first one I watched was Jack Frags. I watch him a lot. Uh, he was playing with some buddies. They were introducing it to him. I guess he stood up during the flight and his oh. little body ragdolled everywhere. They're, they said, uh, you know, Jack, this is like a plane. You got to sit down, tray tables up, everything. So that was hilarious. That's <laughs> awesome. If you do it, so they probably did a quantum jump because I, I think there's a, it, that can happen sometimes if you're standing up when you initiate it. And once you start it, as long as you don't like open a door and jump out or get, or you, you're usually okay, but you can get caught yeah. where you're you're moving around and someone else floor, does it. He couldn't move. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. So yeah. given that, you know, there was just the this the Citizen Con that they had last week. What are some of the current or upcoming features that you're most excited to see coming down the way? So there's a lot forward. of cool stuff. You never know how that I will say with this one, it was a lot more developers doing um in depth and I think more believable. They've had they've had like uh the famous one was like I think it was two years ago, they did this kind of um vertical slice of this whole like stealth gameplay like feature where they went like and infiltrated this base and everything. We found it after the fact that it was the whole thing was fake. It was like it, it looked pre- like it was in the oh, game. Pre rendered. It was kind it of was thing. it was not <clears throat> on a representative game client basically okay. the whole thing was uh no those features are actually in the game so it's yeah. staged so um yeah uh this one i i found the the it was a lot more focused on core technology um additions that are coming uh which i find more believable but they sh- what they showed was actually an engine now might that's different than it being implemented to the game and and the things that come with that the scale that the game runs at but um overall the, o- the only thing i care about at this point is server meshing I, that and and that 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 is kind of what they've said is the bottleneck to a lot of other things happening, and they did show that. Now it was I don't know you don't know how much was running. Um, it was probably running locally on three different servers, which is fine. But they basically showed in a small hallway, and I encourage anyone who hears us talking about server meshing to go watch that 
a video that they took at, at CitizenCon because it really helps describe what the technology is supposed to do and why it's kind of foundational to the, everything we're going to do. But it was basically they were in a, a, a base, but they, they showed kind of a rendering. They had a couple screens. They had one of, of active gameplay, them in the server. And they had one that was kind of a high-level um, rendering of the structure they were in. And they showed which servers were controlling which parts of that hallway, basically. Oh, so you had oh. three different servers. And what they were showing is that, you know, you could see someone cross these basically invisible thresholds. The player will never know that they're transiting between servers hmm. um, seamlessly. That's cool. But they were showing them go across. They were showing them shoot another player across three servers, basically, you know. Uh, so th- it was it was kind of a cool showing of that, hey, this is... At least at the small scale, possible now, how that how long it's going to take to scale that up, and, and I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of issues with that. But that was at least exciting to see something other than uh, a developer post trying to explain it, what they mm-hmm. were doing, and it's like, okay, is, is this re- is this possible or not? Hmm. Um, it at least looked more possible. Yeah, that's <laughs> I think cool. Yeah. That's, I th- originally. Last year said they thought end of this year would be server meshing in the next, the new system that's supposed to be released, Pyro, um, is supposed to come along with server meshing. Um, that obviously is not happening. Now they are releasing a standalone Pyro playtest this year. Um, but now they're saying hopefully next year they will have the first part of server meshing in the game. So that's, mm. that's, what I'm waiting for at this point. Um, not, I would say waiting for, but that's what I'm excited about. That's, okay. that's supposed to, according to them, enable this whole scope Stuff of this to open up. game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So that uh, this new server coming out kind of pushes us into our next question of performance. What kind of performance are you getting out of the game? You know, frames per seconds, what everybody likes to and look to at. Clear, but the game's not optimized at all. That's why yeah, that, no. what he's asking is a very important question. So It is not. Uh, it will underuse your hardware and you have to really brute force it to get it to run. Well, now I run it at pretty good graphic settings and, and I have, I have a 5,800 X 3d as far as my processor, which is probably the, uh, before the 700, 7,800 X 3d came out was the, the best processor you could get for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a 4090, I have 64 gigs of Ram. Dang. I mean, I, knew I can't say push, that. <laughs> I can't push much more into it and I get, um, uh, in a station, like on mm-hmm. a plant, like one of the large capital cities, I get 30 to 40 frames a second. On a 4090. What does that tell now, you? I'm, yeah. I play with the graphics turned up. I could probably get better than that, but not too much better. I mean, no. it's, so, it's pretty punishing. I, I, I will say, if you're interested in knowing, getting an idea of what it's going to run like, they actually have really good data analytics mm-hmm. on their website about this. They have a um, kind of a matrix that shows frame rates um with hardware combinations that they've recorded from players so you can kind of go look at it and see these are my this is my processor and mm-hmm. graphics card what are other users with this averaging fps wise it's pretty um pretty humbling it is uh, when, you, when you go look at it well and i for a long time i stepped away from it because i had a um oh man it was a 2000 series rtx and it just it just didn't do well when i I'm at, it's still at a, a 3080 Ti, which is the overclocked rendition of it, and 64 gigs of RAM, all of that, and it's still I it doesn't do great. I mean, 
I have a 49 inch curved Samsung monitor, so that's a lot to drive, but I thought it would matter. Even if I play it in windowless, if I change my resolution, all those typical things you do, I still get the same frame rate. It honestly, what impacted it more was upgrading my processor. Yeah. Which is bananas. It was very CPU bottlenecked for for a long time. It still is. Yeah. yeah, I will say when you go into space, it usually it's gets better, much better because there's less, way better. Yeah, less stuff. But to as render. far as the worst case you're going to see is going to be in the large cities, and you're looking at thirty yeah. FPS yeah. probably. Definitely. So, if somebody was you mentioned like you know they have the open plays for people to try out ships and things like that, but what are some tips or advice you give for first time players that wanting to get into it? Like, how do they learn? Because there is so much to do in it. There's a lot of buttons. They have a store of us awful. I, I just was reading. I haven't yeah, done it. That's what I've heard. I haven't done it. Mm. I just heard. I just read an account from a new player today on the mm. subreddit that was mm. frustrated because they had no idea what to do. Plus, you kind of get this, um, you know, playing it, especially over time, you know, years now, you kind of know some things like not to do um, as far as that will result in a bug happening, um, you know, or things that are high, more likely to cause an issue. Um, so you kind of have all this this knowledge that you've gained over time of things like, well, I don't want to do this because it could the game doesn't handle it yeah. well. You know what it's sensitive um, to. Yeah. Right, right. You yeah. So coming in blind and then just not knowing what to do, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I grab a mission and then like, well, what, what information does it give me to do that mission? Yeah. Um, so things like that. It can be definitely challenging. But I, I would either... Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of content out there. There's actually a pretty robust star citizen, um, content community mm-hmm. at this point. That, Some good YouTubers. Uh, making stuff. Yeah. yeah. At least, at least you're going to at least see the game. Um, people are generally pretty helpful. Um, at least just in the chat mm-hmm. on the servers. Yeah. Um, yeah, people that grief still, that finds part of the game, but, yeah. um, you know, overall, but it really, it just, I think the first thing is if this doesn't, if I'm going to encounter bugs, am I just going to be, um, is that, is that it for me? Like, am I just going to be immediately turned off? That, if I, that was kind of you know? me and the fact that I remember the one time I really had a good time with it. I took a mission and it was a cool little story. I had to go down to a planet. There was a ship that had crashed. I had to go scanner and I had to find and recover this box and then just bring it back. It sent me into this cave. I got lost in the cave. I didn't think I was going to get out. I found the box. It was on like a dead body of somebody that crawled in there. I found the crash ship. It was cool. Got out. I spent hours on it. I had a blast, right? Get yeah. back. When I turned it in, like the game wouldn't register that I had actually recovered the cargo. And I couldn't get credit <laughs> nice. for the mission. And I, at that point, I was like, I'm done with this game. Screw it. And I was like off. So it frustrated me because I... You know, you get older, your career, family, your gaming time is precious. I'm not like in my 20s anymore. I don't have like 20 plus hours to game. And it's so hard for me to like invest hours and hours into a mission and then not have a payoff for me. So that's for me personally, because, you know, I want the gratification of accomplishment and the bug took it from me. So that was my I think that's a good point, too, is that. If you're okay with if if you can enjoy just the experience yeah. in general and away from making progress in the game, with the which really doesn't glitches. matter at this point. Yeah, it doesn't because it resets um, anyway. Yeah. Because that's how the, the funnest things I've done have really been nothing game. It's like the emergent stuff that just messed around with my friends where we board upon someone's ship and 
get in a firefight on their ship and and take it or get a crime stat and then one of us ends up in prison there's a whole prison <laughs> system cool. thing oh, now okay. which oh, you can man. you can escape from oh um, and then having someone nice. pick you up afterwards when you're trying to it, so it's really the emerging so, gameplay you, wait, that, wait. that to me is interesting can, so i don't i don't mind can, the like so loss of progress as much can your friends help break you out of prison yeah. Oh, that's yeah. freaking someone cool. Has, someone oh, has to pick cool. you up. So that's cool. there's a whole puzzle. Like, uh, it's actually really cool. Oh, uh, I will say hmm. you, so you can either, you can either go work basically in like these mines, mm-hmm. do like handheld mining yeah. to work your sentence down. Okay. Now the sentence can be long depending on how much mischief you've been getting up to. That's cool. It can be, it can be like Very cool. hours. Oh, that's cool. I or like days. It. Okay. I like it. I yeah. like it. Yeah, but you can work it down. So you can either do like the mining mm-hmm. mini game thing that they have, and yeah. these like you know um, that that will reduce your sentence, mm-hmm. or you can just break out. So it's like you have to go like steal the coats, this ventilation shaft, turn it off, and then you go through. And there's all these jumping puzzles. Yeah, um, which then turns out to like this time limited thing in the end because you're running out of air. Hmm. Uh, where you have to go either find steal a vehicle, okay, a ground vehicle. Um, or have someone be ready to pick you up before you run out of oxygen. So wow, overall it's pretty cool. That's cool. Uh, that's it, cool. I didn't yeah, know that. It's okay. just like cool. another thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's cool. I like that. Okay. All right, Doug. I think you get the next one, man. All right. Um, I that one. Yep. Yeah, make sure we're on fire here. Yeah. So <laughs> you, the community, I'm sure, is really invested in this. Are there any mods out there? No mods. No mods. Okay. No one's tried. No yet, mods. Right. I don't think you really could because of the the nature of the game. Now maybe Squadron Forty Two will have that support. I don't know, but um, you know the whole the whole game is multiplayer. Now there is like a single player. It's called Arena Commander, which is kind of their which actually runs great, mm-hmm. probably because it's not running. It's not the, relying on the server. That's the first person so, shooter. Yeah. Well, there's so there's Star Marine, which is mm-hmm. kind of the multiplayer first person shooter mm-hmm. kind of standalone thing. So there's like these standalone parts of the game. There's the Persistent yeah. Universe, which is like the whole thing right mm-hmm. um and then they have these modules that are kind of focused on one gameplay aspect that are that are separate um there's there's arena commander which is like just ship combat got it uh it's like it's like a horde there's like horde mode based ones where it's like you fight waves of enemy okay. ai ships um with by either by yourself or with other players um there's star marine which is the one you were talking mm-hmm. about which is basically like your it's like a team deathmatch mm-hmm. first person shooter version on, on feels maps. like uh unreal tournament almost yeah because you're in a contained area i played it it's actually pretty stable. the movement kind of has like the floaty it, it yeah. at least used to i know they've been changing it a yeah. lot but it used to kind of that floaty halo Ish. feel to yeah. it it wasn't I, bad i played yeah. it not no. too long ago it wasn't bad it's getting better too they've been spending more time on the body movement mm-hmm. um aspect of the game and how you <laughs> interact with the world but so yeah there's there is there's other things other than just like the multiplayer persistent universe uh thing part of it gotcha and there's a thing inside the game called ship insurance what is that and is it worth it it's a great question so like I, you know people have been during the pledges how one of the reasons they kind of uh get this fear of missing out on a lot of these ship sales is that they have when they first come out they'll have limit our lifetime insurance now no one actually knows what insurance what role it's going to play in the game every year they run uh they run two big two or two to three big sales they happen at the same time every year and one of them's coming up uh it's always in kind of mid-november it's the uh i i think it's iae uh which is this big ship expo and they put out these like top gear-esque videos <laughs> they're actually pretty entertaining if you ever go watch them um but 
a part of that is that the insurance with those, they'll be like, you know, it's the 12th year of the of IAE. So you get 120 months of insurance. It's like, okay, if I have, if I have 12 or 10 years of insurance, what does that mean? I yeah, mean, the insurance yeah. is, it doesn't matter at all right now. Hmm. It, it's only going to matter once the game comes out. Okay. So it, 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 your, your timer might start in this insurance in five years. Everything that the developers said about it really makes it sound like it's not going to matter that much. Mm. So it's a bit ethereal then, I see. Mm. Yeah. Okay. They, they've talked about it a little bit, but really it's like... Yeah. It might be like EVE Online, which basically the insurance in EVE was that you would pay some amount of money and it would you would if your that ship was destroyed, you would get some depending on what level of insurance you bought, just like like car insurance, you would get some amount of money back for that. Gotcha. Um so that's I'm assuming it's something like that. Gotcha. But we won't know what it, it is but, until it's actually in a release state. Yeah, no, okay. I, no one knows definitively what how much or little it will matter. Okay. Cool. All right, Doug. You got the last one here. Hey, yeah, I've only played No Man's Sky. Uh, Keith helped me with that one. Starfield, we kind of both discovered. Made me sound at like a drug dealer. Time. You guys made me sound like I'm <laughs> oh, getting no. I'm getting you hooked. The first one's free, and I'm getting you guys hooked on all this. I'm... Skyrim. Let's go back to Skyrim. <laughs> oh, Amazing game. So he hadn't played Skyrim, Alex, until I suggested it and pushed him which to one it. Did you, which which re-release did you buy? <laughs> I don't know. The Steam <laughs> edition. Yeah, you got the big one, the last one, the, the, the game the, of the yeah. year, game of the year yeah. edition, the platinum I guess, gold yeah. game of the year. Yeah. Sorry, Doug, go on. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, you're good. So No Man's Sky, Starfield, that's kind of my only uh, entrance into this kind of game. I mean, be it Dreamcast and Super Nintendo and stuff, but what is your comparison of those? You know, No Man's Sky for me, I've kind of dropped it. It's a lot, a lot of work. You know, all the resources, all the outposts, everything like that. Uh, Starfield uh, is like a real nice kind of arcade style, I think. The fast travel, yeah. a lot of people complained about fast travel, but I like it. Just fast travel, do your mission, get your stuff, and go. Yeah, I do um, too because it's in the vein. It of is Fallout. more No Man's so Sky. That to yeah. those games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would compare it more to No Man's Sky, but you know, actually, one of the jarring things for me playing Starfield was the amount of loading screens I was hitting. There's and a like, lot. Yeah. There's no. There's not a single loading screen in Star Citizen other than the first yeah. one. Oh, that's awesome. The entire time. Yeah. Which is good and bad depending on how much because yeah. it can. You have to. That's time. Travel. That's time. Yeah. yeah. It could take yeah. 10 minutes to jump across the whole thing. So, I mean, yep. you're just talking about, you know, it just takes up time. That's, there's an immersion factor to that. Yeah. But, you know, whether that matters to you. Um, so, I, I would say it's much it's much more that No Man's Sky where you're really, mm. it's not, it's, it's a sandbox, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You can do whatever you want, but that also means no one's telling you what to do. Yeah. So can, can you, are you someone that can kind of take advantage of that and enjoys that versus being, you know, more directed on a narrative yeah, I, type I, focus? I can no to, man's to guy to Minecraft almost Yeah. yeah. Um, in that yeah. there isn't, I think there's a narrative, but it is not narrative driven. I play tons of no man's guy even today, but to me, it's my, it's a chill game. Now they've added, you can manage your own city. I have a whole fleet now. Uh, like mm. the stuff you can do, that game fell flat. You, you just mentioned a little bit ago, Alex, about games that are released. <laughs> yeah. In an un, that game I bought. It's like one it, of the first ones was that excited. was like the poster child for it, right? I took it back like literally three days later. And oh, um, then I once, but they, I tell you what though, the game's impeccable, like compared to where it was. You got to give Hello Games credit for staying on it. Um, but it's a different feel. You are right, Alex, because it's like, it's, it's Minecraft. You just have to, 
be okay with just muddling around. You're right. It's a lot of work, Doug. It's just collecting all your stuff. You know, it's a, it's a lot of mining, a lot of crafting. That's it's Minecraft, but in a fancier form. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, can you create I, your own fun by yeah. thinking of things like I want to go yeah. uh, blockade this outpost for no reason yeah. and just see what I can do yeah. if I yeah. can lure people here, you know, you could do with that. a beacon. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So it's, you know, it, it really just depends on what kind of, what kind of games you like to play. And if you, that kind of thing's interesting to you and, and you can mm-hmm. deal with the fact that it might fail due to game instability reasons. Yeah. Have, <laughs> have you had issues with other players, uh, messing with you at all? Nothing I didn't ask for. Okay, gotcha. For the oh, most part. So, not, not, I, I, I never got to the kind of person being mad. You know, it's, it's, it's someone else's fun is that I've never been, I've had people like grief and they've put in some things. It used to be bad where like people could ram your ship on the pad for <laughs> oh, no, <man. laughs> you know, just there was no repercussions either way financially gotcha. or, um, it was a free in the for game. All. There yeah. was no, there was no crime system at the time. Okay. Um, sounds like so, they have one now though. So that's cool. They do, it, 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 and it's gotten better. Um, you know, it used to be if someone up until this last patch, actually, you know, people could stow away on your ship if they mm. were able to jump on when you had the ramp down, basically, and, and go hide, and then they wait till you take off and get out of the the armistice zone that's around every station, and they kill you and take your ship. You didn't even know you're that they were there. Okay. Now the thing about that was when the crime system was first put in is that if you killed them first, you would get charged with the crime. So I was like, I was defending my own ship. This person was there to grief me <laughs> and I'm getting punished. Now they changed that in the last one where if you're in a party together, as long as you're, it's your ship, everyone in your party can kill a trespasser without. So there's been, there's been changes around that that have, that have made, made it a little better. more tenable as far as the okay. griefing part of it. Yeah. You still have people that are going to pirate you though, because that's what they want to do. Um, you know, that's their idea of enjoying Fun. the game. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. But it's not like you wouldn't call it toxic, you know, like you know that kind of a thing. i'm sure some people are about yeah. it yeah. but but no, I just, it doesn't bother me encountered, it's not been enough to you know i would you. worry about you know some kid getting his mom's credit card and just buying all that stuff buying a, a fleet carrier being a hey turd. all it takes you to ram your ship into his <laughs> there we go that's I'd be in jail or he does that probably. to you <laughs> or you go or you go just start chatting up and just play the politics game see if you can oh, get them uh, you, you know that's, you got that too that's a good point good point so, well yeah. alex you've been very generous with your time yeah. thank you so much for coming this is a fun topic because it's a fascinating game it's very deep we encourage everybody to check it out i would love to have you back another time because alex you are not just a starfield uh, expert uh alex knows all kinds of things about uh you know doug's into physical security uh, alex is into cybersecurity. And one of the things, and I, I got to mention it uh, because I know you have to know about it. Doug has mentioned this. I don't know how many times the flipper zero. Do you know about that device? Oh no, Doug. Oh, he's got one. Uh Oh oh no. Where is my flipper zero? <laughs> there you go, Doug. I told you. Awesome. I told you. he. I, I just one. saw another video for it today. So Doug brings this. I don't know up. where it's at. That's okay. Doug brought this up. Like when we do our news, he is so enamored with this thing and what all you can do with it because Doug's into yeah. security stuff, obviously. So at some point, we'd love to have you on and let's just get into hacking. Let's talk about like yeah. how, you know, all kinds of stuff. How deep does it go? Spiritual stuff, uh, you know. <laughs> I think the things I worry about. Great. Alex might scare people, though, when we get into talking about <laughs> yeah. what's actually possible. <laughs> what scares me, I guess, are, you know, gate codes, garage codes, and a little uh, 
wireless key cards for doors. That's what would scare oh, for me. the RFID or the uh, you should near, be scared near, near field. Oh, yeah. Uh oh. Yep. What's that? You should be scared. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. So we're definitely going to really see depends on the vi- Yeah. Go ahead. It depends on what the. It really depends on like like most things and especially in physical security. It depends on how you're using yeah. your your access controls, right? If you have if you have cards that are if you can read the card and there's no um, RFID block. You know, some of them aren't encrypted. Yeah, or encryption. Um, and yeah. you can if, if you get it uh, close enough to it, you can just read it and replay it. Um, oh, man. So there are, there are mitigations for th- those things. Now, most garage doors. Yeah, they're old school. They're pretty not, basic, I'm sure. Well, they're yeah. on a sen- you can just replay that as long as you capture yeah. your buy when someone when they open it. Garage um, door yeah, RF you, bands have not changed since they're released no. predominantly, and that's because of the way that the, um, the banning system works with what frequency rate is allowed you know, for broadcast. And so, yeah, yeah, I mean, that hasn't changed. Cars are a little bit interesting though, because there are car manufacturers, it has changed. um, So it depends on what, you know, year of car you have and what they use for like your, your key fobs, because uh, even using a flipper, I wasn't able to, I was able to get a rolling code, but I could only, it would only work once. Mm. And it took a lot of work to where it would actually probably not be feasible in, in a, timely man in the scenario yeah. where you were actually trying to yeah. use it maliciously you, where instead of me just sitting with my key fob just trying to you want to be gone to work. you want to be gone in 60 seconds as the movie curtails right yeah <laughs> that's a blast that's yeah, a deep we can cut. talk about i i don't mind uh you know i love talking about that obviously we will so, do that we will have you back on great. and we will yeah. dive into the security stuff because that is that can go far and deep and that will be a fun conversation as well so yeah. man thank you so much you've been generous with your time alex yeah, appreciate no you buddy thanks for having yeah, me thank, you very much. thank you